0: Coming up on this week's episode, we're talking VAR, a look at Yeovil Town and how the two non-league sides got on in the FA Cup. This week's quiz has a slight twist plus much more, so let's get started. <music> Hello and welcome to a new episode of You from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here. Hello Liam. How you doing, Chris? Well, so well. we're yeah. record, <laughs> recording a day later than normal and uh I've just I've just sat through a, a, a painful one 0 defeat to Chelsea by um Croatian champion Zagreb. Um so yeah, I mean very mixed at the moment with with regards to football. I mean we can't we can't seem to win two games in a row, so
1: yeah, but if we're this on Monday, like we, we usually do, then you'd have been very happy. So it's our own fault, really. <laughs> always record on a Monday. That's what we need
0: to do. It's just, I hate, I hate early games in the Champions League. I just, I, I don't know what it is. It's not fun. But yeah, never mind. The, 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 the Champions League games are back to back, so they're playing again next week. I it's yeah. week, so. So, Getting them cracked in
1: before the World Cup, aren't they?
0: Yes. Lots so,
1: of
0: games Come in We're basically playing I think every We're playing twice a week Now up until November I think So Very good Um Yeah So I guess The The, the talking point This week Was kind of gifted to us um, In the The form of VAR yeah. I mean it, I don't think we've talked about it For a long time um, But I don't recall a weekend where there's been so much controversy since it's it's come into play um and what i mean by that is to get the decisions wrong so badly um in 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 especially two games at the weekend so um yeah we're gonna gonna have a little talk about that and um what um what we thought about it and and Obviously, what it's lo- what it's going to look like in the future. So we'll start with the probably the one that's I think to everyone, even Chelsea fans, was the most obvious, um, and that was the the, the West Ham United second goal deep into sort of injury time, and um, the 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 goal was disallowed because of a foul on Mendy. Now, I'm not a referee. And I don't think you're a referee, but for, for, I, don't, I, I, I just cannot understand for the life of me how it's gone through so many officials, yet they've still come out with the result that it was a foul, and this is coming from a Chelsea fan. You know, if that, if that goes against you, I think it must be one of the most frustrating decisions I think ever, mm-hmm. um, and to know that it's been looked at by at least probably three or four different people... Um, and they still come to the conclusion that it was a foul. I mean, it, you know, at the end of the day, we got three points out of this. But, like I said, if it's on the other hand, it must be absolutely infuriating. And I think David Moyes Declan and Declan Rice both came out after the game, sort of, w- w- with their comments. Uh, and, and rightly so. I think, you know, they've, they've definitely lost um, two points there. Yeah. Um, so.
1: It's one of those, and I think both of the um, incidents that we're going to talk about this week have been announced by the PGMOL as mistakes, haven't they? I think today they've said they were were bad decisions, they were mistakes by the referee, but a little bit too late for that really, you know, what can they do? They're not not going to give West Ham an extra, you know, point, and um, they're not going to give Newcastle three points, so... It's a little bit too late for that and it's one of those where everybody moans about the protection that goalkeepers get. I used to play in goal and so I'm part of the goalkeepers union and even I'm a bit stumped as to what really happened. I mean, if if anyone hasn't seen it, the cross has come in. He's palmed, Mendy's palmed it away five or six yards, not caught it. And then he's felt the slightest breathe as Bowen's gone past him, realised he's in trouble and then started rolling around. And it's obviously worked. So, you, you, yeah, goalkeepers are going to try and do that now, I think. But it doesn't really stop Mendy from getting up, challenging for the ball, trying to stop the second shot or anything. So, yeah, it's, um, it's not a good decision. And I think it's one that I don't think any Chelsea player appealed for it. I don't think any Chelsea fan. No. For it. I think the only one who probably did was Mendy while he was on the floor as I saw a, an arm raised
0: as it happened. So Jeez. I don't think
1: else spotted it. And certainly didn't. No. And it's just, We've said it time and time again. It's the clear and obvious errors. This obviously wasn't a clear and obvious error. It's uh, a, a very... I don't know, such a small decision. We can't be having VAR making decisions on absolutely everything that happens on the football pitch, and this was one of those. If you're going to start for these types of challenges, VAR is going to be available for literally everything that happens on the pitch, and that's not what it's there for. So they've got to think about how to stop this from happening, and I think they've got to learn lessons from rugby union, from cricket, from tennis, the, the, you know, other sports that use a similar technology. And I think to stop the games being refereed from a room in, is it Stockwell Park, wherever they are? Yeah, Stockwell Park. They've got to have, it's either got to come from the referee himself, who's got to say, I think I might have missed something there, can you just check that that goal should be given? Or it's got to come from a team appealing. If Mendy's appeal is that strong that don't Chelsea captain decides, yes, they want to appeal, then that's how they've got to do it. Else it's just going to be ridiculous now because every decision is going to be looked at by VAR. We can't, we've, we've got to find a limit, basically. Mm. I personally, like in Rugby Union, the referee is the one that goes to the official that's using the screen. I think it's yeah. got to be the referee choice to say, Oh, I think I've missed something. Can you have a look and tell me what I've missed? And he can have help from the um assistants, he can have help from a fourth official. Stick a referee in the stand for all I care. However it is, it's got to come from someone that's in the stadium and not in a room somewhere
0: that yeah. doesn't have a clue. So they've also they've also mentioned, I know in in previous discussions about having ex-players who've obviously played the game, sort of been there, done that, in and yeah. around these referees making the decisions, you're then going to get
1: accusations of bias, aren't you? Because mm. it, you know, like we've got so many pundits at the minute, and and it, um, players play for so many clubs that it's it's going to be harsh. It's going to be difficult to find a player that hasn't played for either club no. willing to do it. So, yeah, I,
0: th- I think. I think you're right. I think it should be the referee making the decision as to whether he thinks he's missed something or he thinks he's made a mistake rather than the other way around where they've got four men sat in a room two, three hundred miles away from the actual game. And then they're obviously telling the referee that they've seen something. But I don't think that's how VAR should work. I think it should work, like you just said, in the way where... It's, you know, it's the referee's decision. He's, he's yeah. the one that decides in his head, Oh, have I actually, have I actually missed something now? Is there something? Yeah. Or, or it takes like one of the, you know, players to say, look, he's just elbowed me. And the referee's like, well, okay. I'll have a look. And, and, I'll have a look. Yeah. Um, but, and whilst that is going on, you can still carry on with the game. And then the next time the ball goes out, yeah, the, the decision should be made by then as to whether you know it's a red card if it's a penalty. You know, I'm not I'm not talking about free kicks either because I just I, and the thing that infuriates me in VAR the most is there's no set time of how far they can go back to something no. before something gets disallowed. So say your team scores a goal and then VAR and then they're like it was, he's not offside. He's, there's no foul. and Then they're like well you know 60 seconds previous to that happening you know it's you know there was a foul and you're thinking well you know one week it's 40 seconds the next week how far can they go back but it should work in the way where the referee is the one who's in control of of how it's used and i think that way it it, one it eliminates the time it takes to you know make these decisions because Sometimes you're, sat, you're standing there for, you know, if you're a player, you're standing there two, three minutes before, to find yeah. out whether you've actually scored a goal or not.
1: And this just... is, well, a, 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 the Chelsea and West Ham one in particular, it's not like the referees missed this. It's, it's where the ball is. He's looking straight at it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: if this was something that happened at the other end, an off-the-ball incident, you know, the referees are in one box and some... A player has punched someone in the other box The referee's going to miss it He's not looking to play The referee's staring straight at this It's not that he's missed it No But he's decided in that second It's not a foul But if he wants to go back and review it Then I think he should be able to But the, you can't tell me that If that was the way it was being run You can't tell me the referee would have gone Into his ear and said Oh can you just check that goal for me He would have given it straight away Yeah and I think he's just, he'd made that split decision that it's not a foul and the goal's fine. And then it's someone else in a room who's thought, oh, I've seen a little bit of a stray boot there. And he's got the referee to have another look. And while I'm at it as well, I might as well while we're ranting, what's the deal with this small screen? I don't like it. Why is it that rugby can have a big screen in the corner and uh, a <laughs> referee can just stare at that? It saves, I mean, the, the amount of time the referee takes is running to the side of the pitch and then back. Mm-hmm. There's big screens in every single ground. Can they not just put it on that? I mean, think it's I,
0: ridiculous. Yeah, what I kind of don't understand is, is so the, the referee kind of makes his decision that he thinks, you know, you know, he's being told that he's missed something. So he's then, OK, yeah. And then, although he's been told that he may have missed something, they're then telling the referee to go and look at it himself. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well... Surely if you've seen something back in this hut 200 miles away, then what, what you know, what is the point in the referee going to look at another screen? I just don't, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense at all. And you know, that wasn't the, obviously the Chelsea one wasn't the only one this weekend. Um, the Newcastle Palace game as well. So the, the ball comes in and Willock and the goalkeeper have kind of, I think they've just kind of hit sides and they've kind of, uh, it's just, and it's hit a crystal palace, but it's gone in. But uh, it, it's not, a fa- it's not a foul. It, it, you know, it's, it's just one of those where it, it is a coming together. But it, you know, the player hasn't hindered it from, you know, doing what it's doing. I just, it's just gone mad this weekend for some reason, and it, it just, it just shines a huge light on VAR and the fact that, you know, they've been using it for, what, two, three seasons and that, and we're still talking about things being wrong with it. And, and I mean, I'm not saying just scrap it completely, but seem to be doing something to make it better. I mean, you know, I don't know if you saw the the Brighton play, scored scored probably the best goal he's ever going to score at the weekend. That was another one. Outside the box, and... and it baffles me that the guy is like one, two millimeters maybe offside in the build up. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, if the Lino, if he can't see that that's offside, then yeah. it must be that, it must be so close that, you know, the referee and the linesman haven't seen it. So why have people 300, you know, miles away? Then interfering and saying, oh, you've missed it. And it's like, well, if he's missed it, it's not it's not clear and obvious to him that he's missed something, is it? So, I don't know. I just, you know, the goal taken away from that guy for Bathroom that they ended up yeah. winning anyway, so it wasn't a huge... huge. I, it,
1: it was debatable whether the guy who was offside even touched the ball. To yeah, that's what I mean, offside. yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's one thing having the capability to, to accurately... Show someone's offside by a millimeter or something like that. I mean, you know, to have the technology to do that is in, is incredible, but it's not needed. And again, mm. no Leicester player appeal for offside. The assistant referee didn't flag. Like it didn't. The ball didn't even go in, and the assistant put his flag up. Again, it's just an automatic check because every goal is now automatically checked by VAR to see if there is anything wrong with it. We've, again, we've got to get out of that. That's got to be one of the situations where if the Leicester City captain thinks that there's an offside, he goes to the referee and says, can you take, take a look at it for me? Or the assistant referee has got to say, you know, they've all got headsets. He's got to put a note in the referee's head to say, oh, it was a tight offside call there. You might just want to check it. And if it's not obvious, if it's not a player literally standing, you know, three, four yards offside, they've got to just have one look at it and just say yes or no because Mm. you're getting into such fine margins that it's just it's it's so difficult to keep up really it's just so difficult to make every decision all about VAR and I'm we we haven't spoken about it for a while I don't think that's because nothing's happened with VAR I think it's just we're we're all a bit bored of it
0: yeah
1: this weekend has just seen so many decisions I mean you know, we haven't mentioned the Villa one, the one that didn't go to VAR because the official put his flag up for offside when Coutinho's about two yards onside and the ball's gone backwards. That's when VAR could have been used, but we didn't get the chance to use it because the official put his flag up. So that's not perfect either. You know, you take VAR out of the equation and mm. mistakes are still being made. There's got to be a, a fine, a happy medium between the
0: two. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously you, you saw. Some of the games, the Chelsea game tonight So they are, they are. I think they're troiling a new system um, yeah. Which looks a bit more I don't know, it looked a bit more realistic And a bit more sort of quick Like a 3D, like a 3D model It's like a 3D, yeah It's like two 3D models They show like the player And then like the defending player And the attacking player So it it does look bigger And it it does look a lot quicker as well So um I mean, you know, there there are other systems out there that they can use. So, you know, it's, it's, unless they've signed huge deals with these companies, on I don't know, because I don't know if you saw, did you see the the Huddersfield game? Yes, the goal that never. The won. The, the goal line technology that
1: failed. Aston Villa defeat United
0: <laughs> all over again. Yeah, I mean that, that's a killer that one as well because yeah. you, you know, the ball's over the line. Every, it seems like everyone sees is over the line, but because the referee hasn't you know, hasn't yeah. had his, his vibration or whatever it is that they normally have on their watches. It, he, yeah. he hasn't given that. So, it, obviously, it's not the referee's fault. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's going it to cost him like, at least three points. So. The
1: online technology as well, it obviously came in a few years ago. There have been two incidents now. Obviously, this one and the Villa game a few years ago, there's been two incidents now where it's failed. But I don't think anyone would moan about goal line technology because of the times that it has got it right. It's it's it's, it's, a, a, it's not a debatable. It's it's either a goal or it's not. Yeah.
0: I mean, and but it's I, quick. It's instant as it's well. Like,
1: yeah, and I think I think that's worked really well. So two decisions out of the hundreds that it's probably got right now, I think is, you know, yeah. it, it's successful at least. But it just goes to show you that it's it's not. There's nothing that's going to be perfect. You know, even something as good as goal line. Te-
0: no, technology yeah.
1: is still got. Well, there's still going to be times when it when it doesn't work properly. So, but yeah. it just seems the
0: yeah, AR is getting it wrong more than it it's actually getting it right. We'll, we'll have to see what happens this weekend. See if they've um, see if they sharpen that. Because do you think referees rely on it too much now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Now, it, it, it just feels like that they've always got a backup and it yeah,
1: doesn't I, like assistant referees especially because obviously they they now do offsides to the millimeter. I think assistant referees are more likely to sort of. Just leave their flag down and, and wait for the decision to be made on camera. Um, but yeah, I, I think sometimes referees do kind of choke on making a decision and think, "Oh, I just look at it on the monitor." Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't. I don't mind a referee doing that and taking time and of then going back. But sometimes decisions are so obvious that it, it doesn't need to be made. So, but yeah, I think I think I think we are too reliant on it. Mm,
0: I'll have to see what happens in the next few weeks. I'm sure. It will crop up again at some point this season. Um, yeah. We're, we're going to quickly move on now um, to some non-league news. Um, we'll do the FA Cup stuff first. So um, we both had a slight interest in teams at the weekend um, for the uh, polit- the first qualifying round of the FA Cup um so you had rugby and I had Wincanton. So Wincanton actually ended up losing nine-two to Totten in the end, which is, um, you know, which isn't great. But to be fair, to get this far, um, it's a good it is, You know, is a huge achievement for them. So, I mean, you know, they can even though they lost nine-two, they can still obviously hold their heads very high um, because they were the lowest-ranked team left in the competition at the time. So, um, but. A- Slightly better news um, for rugby, though, Liam.
1: Yes. So it wasn't looking good. Uh, to be honest, I think we were uh, we were two 0 down. I think at half time, uh, and wasn't looking good against Grantham Town, who I think are a league or two above uh, where we are. So um, if you missed last week, so Grantham Town were meant to be the home team, uh, but Crows have ruined their pitch. So we played. <laughs> we were the away side at our own ground. So we played the tie at Butlin Road. Uh, 2-0 down and we actually came from behind to lead 3-2 going into basically the final kick of the game where we conceded and it was, it ended 3-3, three three. uh, Grantham had a player sent off. So we're actually, as we speak, we are now playing the replay, uh, which is now a home tie for us at Butlin Road. So it's literally a repeat of Saturday's game, uh, and For such a high-scoring game, I was kind of expecting something similar, but I'm just checking now, and at at half-time it was nil-nil, and I've not had any updates since then, and that was 15 minutes ago. So I'm assuming that we're nearing full-time and there's not been any goals so far, so it looks like a pretty tight affair at the moment, but I will keep you updated. I think it should finish before we stop recording, so I'm going to keep refreshing Rugby Swift.
0: Keeping on it, yeah and uh, and let you know
1: how we get on but yeah we we very rarely do well in the FA cup uh, we're normally knocked out at the prelim stage so to get through to what is i think this is the first qualifying round now uh, it is, it must, yeah 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 so to so to get through to the second qualifying round proper will um, be a big achievement for us it's been a long time i think since we've done that so i'll keep you updated as we go
0: yeah and um just a quick one N- not non-league related but Champions League other games tonight I see Haaland score twice For Man City tonight <laughs> And he's still got 23 minutes to score a hat-trick So um... yeah.
1: They were dominant in the first half I, I did watch the first half
0: before jumping on, yeah.
1: on here And um, yeah, they were all over Sevilla I'm currently watching PSG against Juventus uh, PSG were 2 it up at half-time But Juventus have scored And are probably having a better of the play at the minute So it looks like it's going to be an interesting last Or What have we got? Uh, half an hour or so at the minute left
0: to go Right um, So last week you requested us An update on um, Yeovil Yes um, Now the the It is not Positive <laughs> <laughs> um, So they are currently Just above relegation um, On goal difference And So seven games in and they lost at the weekend to York 1 0 and it just it's just one of those where they just I just don't think that they've they've recruited okay over the summer but there's still a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, so they sold um, the land and stuff back to the council sort of over the summer to, to obviously get some money in. Um but sort of you know results they've won one game in seven this year and that was the dag and Red mm-hmm. uh other than that they've lost the Scarf they did draw with Wrexham, um but they've not been getting sort of you know they the games that they've lost They've not they've only lost by one goal um and they have drawn three so they have actually they've so they've won one drawn three lost three the games they've lost they lost 2-1 2-1 and 1-0 so just seems to be goals they just are struggling with at the moment I mean they've got Woking coming out and then Eastley next week as well so I mean not great wait you know you know this is this predates the podcast but you know it was only sort of what sort of eight seasons ago that they were in the championship so you know and the Literally four places from getting relegated, which is mad when you think about it, because the, the playoff, so when they, when they got to the, the playoff final in League One, they beat, in the, in the, um, first playoff game, they beat Sheffield United over two legs, and then they beat Brentford in the final. And, and since then, both those teams have been in the Premier League, so
1: times have changed yeah. Uh, yeah
0: So I mean They've got a, They've got a They've got a person An owner Who's not interested In the club I think he's I think he's He wants to sell I think he's been quite keen To sell and I think he's made it quite vocal That he's You know He does He does want to sell the club So um, But this was This has been going on for For a long long time now So Yeah So Lack of investment I mean, and it, you know, they got relegated to the national league two, three seasons ago, and sort of curses hit it. Where it's one of those where if you don't seem to go straight back up, you're kind of destined to be in there for a few years. So, yeah,
1: there's a lot of big teams in there. Yeah, and I know I sort of say this every year, but you look at um, Knox County, obviously being down there. Oldham got relegated, didn't they? So they're now down there. Obviously, they used to be in the Premier League. Uh, Scunthorpe, who, uh, similar to Yeovil, were in the Championship not so long ago. I think uh, that was only about 10 or so years ago, and they, um have just gone down and down. Um again, I think it's a sort of similar issue. Owners looking to sell both of those clubs, and, well, yeah, yeah. Scunthorpe
0: were doing worse than what Yeovil are. Scunthorpe, yeah, they are. They'd, they'd beat Yeovil first game of the season, they won since, they've lost every game. <laughs>
1: Not a good sign for Yobel, I must say, but yeah, it's um it's going to be a very competitive league again this year, but you, like you say, the team that was in the championship, and, and I know you are only in the championship for one year, but gave a good fist of staying up, it wasn't like
0: you were relegated. No, uh, no, won the first game of the season, they beat Moble won now.
1: Exactly, yeah, so it is uh, it is a shame to see a club like Yeovil obviously just um sort of hit rock bottom We well, hope it's rock bottom anyway but I mean you played York at the weekend and look at them they were they got relegated a couple of years ago to yeah. uh, the National League they're quite a big club so um, it can happen to anybody but let's hope there are better signs to come yeah
0: well that's it for part one we're back in part two with some wonders of why a quiz and a who am I so we'll be back in a bit Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's podcast. We're going to go into some wonders of why. And the first one is to do with a supercomputer. Mm. So um, a supercomputer has predicted that Manchester City, I guess, should win the Champions League. Um, it predicted that they have a 20.7% chance of winning. And... Liverpool have got a 19.8% chance of winning. Ooh, that's close. Uh, it says Chelsea got 2.8%, but I'm going to go with 0% uh, <laughs> after tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know how it works out, but it's saying that Manchester City should have a 1 in 5 chance of winning. Yeah. Uh, Manchester United's Anthony became the 100th Brazilian player to play in the Premier League at the weekend. Are you going to ask me to name you the 99, Chris? Uh, No. Uh, Uh, What was she doing there? So Ivan Tony became the 22nd player in Premier League history to score from a free kick and a penalty in the same game. Uh, Willian was the last player to do that in 2020. Wow. And... Uh, yeah, this one we've we've messaged about this one already this week. So maybe a first ever in um, history, but a uh, a goalkeeper was sent off for urinating midway through a game. Uh, that was in the FA Cup game for, <laughs> against Shepton Mallet. So um, yeah, there's I, I, a
1: video for it.
0: I've, I've I've not seen the video. Have you seen? There
1: is, uh, there is a video out there. If you uh, if see. You have- down is he
0: discreet
1: about it does he does he leave the pitch uh, he... He, so it's uh it's let's put it this way it's not the biggest of grounds and behind the goal there's no stand it's literally just uh, all right. barrier so he just hops over the barrier behind the goal and goes in the bushes uh and i think everybody was just a bit confused as to what he was doing initially and then it became quite clear what he was doing and um I can't remember who it was that was talking about it. I think a referee was talking about it. Uh, I saw it the weekend and said it's it's a red card offence for urinating on the pitch, but he wasn't on the pitch. So um, I think they've got a good grounds for appeal there, to be honest, because he was definitely, definitely off the pitch when he did
0: it. So, um,
1: yeah, interesting one.
0: Yeah. OK, right, we're going to move over to the quiz. Now, the quiz has got a twist this. This week, um, because there was only five questions, that's okay. not the that's not the twist. The twist is, um, so each question has four individual questions, and uh, we are going to play a game of higher or lower. Ooh, nice. uh, so this is all to do with the transfers that have happened over the summer. Um, so I will give you the first one, and then I'll give you the name of the second player, and you just have to tell me whether you think it's higher or lower Love of the fee paid. Okay. So the first one, um, so I'll give you this one, is Haaland at £54 million. OK. So next one, Paqueta, higher or lower than Haaland? It was close as well, wasn't it, because it was their record fee. I think it was above 50. So Haaland was 54 million. 54.
1: I want to say Paqueta
0: was 52. I'm going to go lower. You were right to go lower. It was 38.6 million.
1: Oh, I'm way off then.
0: So Paqueta at 38.6. Next one is Timo Werner, higher or lower? Oh,
1: God.
0: You mean you just didn't kick him out for free? Um, I'm scoring for fun at the moment for Felice Which is <laughs> Frustrating
1: I am going to go What did you pay for him? You paid quite a lot of money for him Didn't you? Uh, we paid a lot of money for him But I
0: didn't get a lot back. I'm going to go lower I'm going to go low 30s Right You were right He left for 18 million <laughs> <laughs> Okay That's Next one Sadio Mane Higher or lower than 18 million
1: That had to be higher, I'm sure that was was
0: higher It was 28.8 million And (laughs) lastly For this section, Sven Botman To Newcastle Higher or lower than Mane? Mane was 28
1: Sven Botman, I'm going to go higher
0: Correct 33.3 million, so you've passed Excellent You've passed question one, well done Question two Uh, If you can tell these again They're going to get slightly more Difficult for our so okay. okay. So, um, so, the first one I'm gonna give you is Malicia for Manchester United. Okay. At thirteen point five million. This one's is pretty obvious this one. So uh, next in line is Calvin Phillips, higher or lower than thirteen point five million?
1: That was forty something, I'm quite confident it's higher.
0: Correct. Forty four point one million. Next up is Koulibaly. To Chelsea was it higher or lower Than 44.1 million
1: I just want to say At this point clearly that 0.1 million Was very important to Leeds and, Very important uh, I think Koulibaly was 30 something million I'm going to go lower Correct
0: 34.2 million Next up Again. is Sinistera for Leeds Higher or lower than 34.2 million
1: Well, I want to say, when we looked a couple of weeks ago, that Aronson was their biggest sign-in, and I don't think he was that much, so I'm going to go lower.
0: Correct. 22.5 million. And lastly for this section, Akanji, who's just recently signed for Manchester City, higher or lower than 22.5 million?
1: I didn't even see how much he signed for, I just... Thought there's another bench warmer for Man City. So I am going to go higher because it's Man City, let's be honest.
0: That was incorrect. 15.75 oh. seven, million.
1: Oh, come on, Dortmund. You you haven't played football manager enough to know that you hold out for a deal with Man City. Come on.
0: So you've you, you got the majority of those right. It is the last one. Uh, so section three... We'll start with Emerson, 13.86 million. OK. Was Casemiro higher or lower than Emerson? Uh,
1: quite a bit higher.
0: Quite a bit higher. You are quite correct. 63.5 million. Nunes to Liverpool, higher or lower than 63.5 million? Uh, oh, gosh.
1: There's so many Nunes' moves this summer. I, I was thinking of... Is it Matias Nunes that's gone to Wolves? It's um, no. Is difficult. it Darwin? This it? is Darwin. Uh, this is the seventy-five million. So it's, it's um, what was the last one? Sixty-three, 63. So 5.
0: more. Yeah, higher. So uh, Nunes, it was sixty-seven and a half million. Wow. Next up, Cucurella... to Chelsea. Higher or lower than 67.5 million?
1: Oh, that's got to be close, that.
0: That's got to be close. I'm going to say lower. Yep, lower, 58.7. And lastly, for this one, Lissandro Martinez, higher or lower than 58.7? These are getting quite close now, because I'm sure it was in the 50s as well. Um.
1: I am going to go lower again.
0: Correct, fifty-one point six. You passed. You passed that section. It does put it in
1: perspective. How much money has been spent this transfer window? Especially uh, that one. Yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) Okay. Next one. We're going to start with Sterling at fifty point eight million. Besuma to Tottenham. Higher or lower than fifty point eight? Uh, I think that was. 35. I'm going to go lower. Yeah, you're close. 26.2 million. Oh, 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 the oh, oh. Sumer. Next one. Minamino. Oh. Has left Liverpool. So did he yes. leave for more than 26.2 or less than 26.2? You
1: know what, Chris? I didn't even know he'd
0: left. that? Um, he uh, 26.2. It's got to be lower, hasn't it? Correct. 13.5 million. Next up is Billy Gilmore. Higher or lower than 13.5 million? Um,
1: again, I'm surprised he moved permanently, I've got to say, but yeah. it's got to be higher.
0: I don't know what it was, but it's got to be higher. It was lower. It was nine, 9 million with add-ons. Nine. Yes. Yeah. Good Lord, someone's got a bargain there. No buyback on that one. And the, the last one on that section was Dendonka. Ah. We
1: actually spent a bit of money towards the end. Definitely nine million. So this
0: last one is quite difficult, not gonna lie. Okay. So first up is Nick Pope at ten point three million. Okay. Now did James Garner leave Manchester United for Everton for more or less than ten point three five million?
1: If it's if it's more, someone at Everton needs sacking. I'm going to go less.
0: It was more. Oh, it was 15 million. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, I'll let you carry on anyway. So 15 okay. million. So a rebo for Southampton, more or less than 15 uh, million?
1: I think that was more. That was more like 18 or 19,
0: I think. Oh, it man. was 6.3 million. No. Yeah. Oh.
1: I, I I thought I knew transfers this summer. I clearly,
0: A, uh, Aubameyang more or less than six point three million. Oh,
1: I don't. I I've no idea. I thought you'd just signed him for next to nothing. Uh, but it's got to be more than six million, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, more ten point eight million. And lastly, Jed Spence more or less than ten point eight million. Uh, oh, I think I saw this. I think this was more. Yeah, it was more for, uh, thirteen <coughs> million. So, yeah.
1: Didn't do uh, too well
0: on that one. I would say, yeah, that one was the hardest just because of the low numbers. Um, and to be fair, you only got a couple wrong in the first four anyway. So, yeah, thought I'd change it up this week. Yeah, so,
1: that was a good quiz. I enjoyed that.
0: A Nice little game of higher and lower. So,
1: yeah, I might have to um <clears throat> a similar sort of old school TV game show theme. Next week I'll have to you see play
0: whether I'm... Blank Next week well,
1: can can We could do Family fortunes Or something <laughs> Who knows. Okay
0: Who am I This week Liam
1: Yes So um, I have got a player That I Was very proud Of getting And I can't remember Whether I've done him before Because I've Literally since we started recording Some memory has Popped in Of me Either talking about this player or actually using him for Who Am I? Like. But, but I'll give you the option where do you want to start? At the beginning of his career
0: or yeah, where do you. At the is? beginning, because the beginning you can kind of we'll get, get the okay. nationally.
1: Okay, so I'll, I'll, I will start from the beginning and I'll tell you what year he started and I won't tell you his current club. And if it turns out we've done this player before, I have a backup. <laughs> Um, Just in case Okay, so he started his career 2007 Playing for Hamburg He then moved On loan To Nuremberg Nuremberg Nuremberg, uh, For a season Uh, He then moved permanently to Mainz He then moved to Schalke He then moved to Stoke City And then finally To PSG
0: And he then he now plays for a different club. It's quite a lot. I think, of I, I think I know. I think I might know this one. It's the the Schalke to Stoke to PSG. Uh, that yeah. that uh, there, there cannot be that many lucky people in their lives to get uh, uh, I believe he's at Bayern Munich. He is Bayern minute. Munich. Correct. Uh, I don't think you have done him before. If I'm honest, I don't remember doing him. Uh, but it's definitely Chuba Moteng. Um, who sensationally got a, a move to PSG from Stoke and then to Bayern Munich. Yeah, he's
1: actually uh, on stage
0: in, 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 football. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't play very often, but when he does, <laughs> he does tend to score though. Like uh, he went through a, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Uh, Bayern Munich, uh, so I'm going to do, rather than just league stats, let's do all competitions, because he tends to play in Europe as well. So he's been at Bayern Munich now. This is his third season that he's just starting. Uh, in 59 games, he scored 18 goals for Bayern Munich. Um, about half of them have come in European competition, so there is big nights. Uh, PSG, 51 games and nine goals. Uh, and... Six of them were in the league. He didn't score many in Europe for them. Yeah, uh, fair, but you don't, at PSG
0: you don't need to score many goals, do you, to be there's, fair. There's enough players around you, I think,
1: to to score for you. Um, and then the the one season he had at Stoke, which clearly appealed to PSG in order to bring him in, he played 30 games in the Premier League and scored five times. Oh. Um, you know, prolific is, is not a word that I would use to describe oh. him. Um do you want the backup option anyway? So I do if you want? Do you want a second? Who am I? Let's see if you can get this. Um, so I'll, I'll go start to finish again. Yeah. Um, I won't, in fact, I'll, I'll just tell you all their clubs because the last club doesn't really give it away. At least not for me. Um, so they started their career and again, pronunciation of this is going to be awful. Started their career in the year 2000 for Duanes Dakar. <laughs> Um, and then they moved to Metz in France uh, where they had a loan spell at Cherbourg and Chateau before moving to SC Freiburg, then playing for Newcastle United, Shandong Luneng, Alanyaspor, Yaspor, Fenerbahce and then finally ending their career at Kaikor Rizaspor in 2022. So they've only just retired. I can go through some again.
0: Um, it's the Newcastle to China. She said he started in two thousand at somewhere called Dakar. Did you say?
1: Duanes Dakar.
0: Yeah, that's that's got to be like an African team of some sort, and to met, and to go to Metz, France. That makes me think that he is probably maybe an African player. I would have... I I would have gone with Denver Bar, but you didn't say Chelsea, so... The only other person I can think of around that time that went to China, but I don't remember him playing in Turkey, but then I guess he went to China, so I wouldn't have really known anything about him after he left. I am gonna say you can't really give me a clue on the year, can you? Uh, well what I... year what year did he join Newcastle? You don't have to tell me when he left. He
1: joined
0: in twenty twelve. Twenty twelve roughly about the year. I'm gonna go with say
1: Correct. Is it is it? Yeah, he joined on the 21st of January 2012 uh, for Newcastle. And so some Papasicé stats for you. Um, 44 goals in 131 games for Newcastle. Not bad. Yeah, a Not long bad. time. Uh, uh, he, his stats are actually really impressive for basically every club um, that he played for. So um, we'll go from the beginning. Duan dakar 23 goals in 26 games. Uh, the Metz he got 38 goals in 104 games So about 1 in 3, which is not bad uh, Freiburg, 39 goals in 67 games Including 22 in one season in the Bundesliga Which is pretty good going And uh, 18 and 34 for Shandong Lunen And, you know, I mean, he's, he's 37 now And this was only four years ago So he's, you know, 33-34 Playing for Alanyaspor uh in the Super League uh, and he got 42 goals in 64 games, which, again, pretty good record. Oh, yeah. uh, and then he didn't really play much for Fenerbahce, uh, five goals and 25 appearances, but I think most of them were sub. Uh, and, and, yeah. And he decided to retire. But, yeah, pretty good stats overall, Riff. Really. Yeah, no. That was my back. Most of them, so well done. Yeah.
0: Um, just a quick update on the year on goalkeeper. Um, so... His team have actually lost the replay to Shepton Mallet. Uh, I've just seen that Shepton Mallet won 3-2 tonight, so they're actually through um, to the second qualifying round, so the siders are on them.
1: Indeed. Um, just an update on rugby before we go. It has gone to extra time. Uh, it looks like it's still nil-nil. Uh, and I think we're nearing half time in extra time. Actually, that's lie. breaking news, breaking news, Rugby Town have taken the lead on the stroke of half-time and extra-time. It's just oh. flashed up on my Twitter feed. So it's currently 1-0 to Rugby, uh, and it's half-time and extra-time. Scenes in Rugby. Seems. Absolute
0: scenes down at Butlin Road. Uh, uh, so, yeah. So, that's been this week's episode. Um, VAR's non-lead talk. And uh, a few bits of fun at the end there. Um so we'll be back next week and I promise we won't be talking about VAR. We hope uh, And hopefully by then um Chelsea would have beaten Fulham and hopefully Stephen Gerrard still has a job um after this weekend. Well the city game has kept
1: him in it for at least another week, so um yeah, fair you know, fair
0: yeah.
1: play. We did all we hung on in there. So um, yeah, you got it tactically
0: right this week. So I can't have too many complaints. Oh, no. well, we'll be back next week.